0: Hey, everyone. We're back, and we're actually in the studio without the live stream. Hope you joined us for our last podcast. It was 675, and it was a live stream, which is craziness every single time. Thank you guys for showing up, watching
1: that, and bombarding us with questions. It was great. The GR86 versus MX5RF is on our main YouTube channel. Yeah, it is. And this was a comparison from Season 10, which is fully available on Amazon Prime, by the way. You can see we're trickling episodes out onto YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that is doing well, and we encourage you to watch that if you have interest okay. because the GR86 is so unpeakable people's minds and yeah, yeah, yeah. consciousness and of course the RF is what we think is one of the most beautiful Miatas ever yeah, for sure yeah. and so we did that because the hardtop closely represented the hardtop of the 86 because mm-hmm. the 86 of course is not available as a convertible so we've gotten comments well we didn't drive the right Miata well <sighs> we think we did because but, mm. of price and because of fully loaded and the horsepower but also I mean it's the ND2 and once they got that engine revision we really liked it
0: a lot more and it's funny because that piece has brought out the tribal blood and I love this. I actually do love this. <laughs> Many Thank of our you. pieces do, which is Thank fun. you to everybody that has watched it and, and appreciate yeah. all of you that have shared it. But people have brought up the tribal blood. What I like is seeing a few people, though, that have commented because they've owned both. They've owned an 86 and they've owned a Miata and they tell their reasons why. I think that's great. I love the conversations going on. We've got a lot more coming to the YouTube channel. We are still in the middle of season 10 on broadcast television. I know it's crazy that broadcast still exists to some of you. But it is crazy. cable does exist. The Motor Trend cable channel is still playing. And so we have our the all six episodes of season 10 start rerunning this saturday for the next six weeks and then they are also as paul mentioned on amazon prime they are on vimeo and we are working their way toward youtube we have lots of stuff coming in a couple of weeks we have our huge west coast piece coming to youtube to the original youtube channel yes thank you and it is going to be all combined it was two parts on tv it's going to be all combined with extra here's what happened after stuff so those of you that have only seen it so far there'll be more
1: stuff for you as well we're very excited blipshift.com has two t-shirts right now available mm-hmm. the z-wave car which is todd's 300 zx twin turbo and the bond of the future was the 928 and so we're going to be wearing those at radwood yeah, coming up are. here at the end of february 2022 hopefully you can uh, meet us there and uh, and if, if you, you order Everyday driver you, tab yeah or everydaydriver.com you can find it all the, uh, the information on the meetup there
0: if you join us actually there and you're able to get one of those shirts, if you order kind of immediately, you may have it by the time of Radwood. But either way, we are doing our next big road trip piece. While the first one comes out on YouTube, we'll be doing our yeah. second one. And it's very exciting going down to Texas, being part of the Radwood there at Coda in Austin. Yeah, all the information is available under the Adventures tab on the website. Other things on the website, our writers are very busy. Every week on Wednesday, they drop a new article uh, Nate actually is in charge of all those guys, and he actually kind of organizes what piece comes out when, which is very helpful. And he also mentions things on all of our social media stuff when those pieces drop. But the reason I'm bringing it up today is because they're starting a new series. It just started last week with our, with our writer, Scott. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. of our writers, there's, there's five, six of them now, all of them are going to do a piece on their dream garage, their money, no object, three-car dream garage which we've talked about before. And once they get through them all, we're going to try to re- revisit that topic as well. So every Wednesday coming up for the next few Wednesdays, those pieces are out. They're going to be very, very cool.
1: It's going to be fun to see how ours have changed over the years. Yeah, true. wonder if Maserati is going to enter the garage this Whoa, time around. That would be interesting. Quite I a wonder. Change.
0: We now have an auto parts partnership with carparts.com. Carparts.com is the smarter way to shop for auto parts. Their fast, mobile-friendly experience makes it easy to shop for the parts you
1: need when you need them. Just enter the year, make, and model of your vehicle, start shopping, and start saving. It really is that simple. CarParts.com stocks their own inventory, cutting out the middleman, and passing the savings on to you, and they're offering even more savings for our audience. Whether you've been in a collision, working on your project car, or need to catch up on maintenance, visit
0: CarParts.com slash Driver for 10% off of $100 or more
1: on select brands. Get the right parts
0: right now at CarParts.com.
1: Today's Topic Tuesday comes to us from Jason Kay in Greenville, South Carolina, writing mm-hmm. to us with some sports car stress. <laughs> okay. Jason, I was out in Greenville, South Carolina when I worked for my software company, Autodesk. I worked with them and I visited the Electrolux design studio. So mm-hmm. I've been out there, been your way, but we have yet to visit the BMW factory. True. Which, by the way, is where all of the SUVs on the planet are built mm-hmm. for BMW, mm-hmm. and then they're shipped to Germany for, uh, for consumption there. <laughs> Your German
0: but, car is coming from the U.S., yes. <laughs>
1: nevertheless, Jason is married, 34, no kids, and he and his wife are living in Greenville, not far from that BMW plant in Spartanburg. Very cool. And they're both recent transplants from New Jersey to South Carolina for new jobs. Do you work at the BMW plant? Does everybody in the area? I, I is it like Wolfsburg where everybody <laughs> in like the 800-mile radius works at Volkswagen? What do you do? Are you kidding? Yeah. like I, I don't <laughs> think they do. I think you would have
0: mentioned it, but it is very funny. What, what's what's happened is car swaps that have somehow led to stress, which is the wrong direction, by the way, Jason. <laughs> right. That's was supposed to happen. They, uh, they got a big case of the car disease, which is wonderful because they traded in his wife's 2010 Hyundai Elantra for a new car. The original thinking was that car was old and we should get her a new car car Mm. however the twist here I love this twist Jason is the fact that you were driving your wife nuts with your car obsession to the point talk about it's almost being kind yeah to to the point that your wife being quite sacrificial and helpful of you this is a Valentine's Day podcast ladies and gentlemen this is what she did (laughs) this is her gift she said okay okay we were we were gonna get me a Mini Cooper S she says but then she goes you know what do me a favor I will take your 2012 Mazda 3 if you will shut up about cars for a while and get what you want. (laughs) Unbelievable. Well, the condition
1: was that they don't buy Korean cars. I don't know why.
0: Well, they're coming out of that Elantra. I think think they just decided we don't want another one.
1: Maybe it's just for change, but he does say it had 125,000 miles and there was nothing wrong with it. It's been to every small town in Minnesota with very few problems. So, okay. But, you know, I I understand the, the need for something next. But he has to stop taking phone calls from dealers, stop watching car videos, stop obsessing. Well, that's never going to happen. Yeah, But nevertheless, she's got a new car. New to her. She took the Mazda 3, yeah. And and she has taken one for the team, clearly. She is, big time, yep. Well, so he and his wife were fortunate to have saved enough money for a bigger car budget, which is just under $60,000. One thing led to another. Before long, they were test driving the 2018 Cayman (laughs) S and the BMW M2 competition. Good choices, I like it. Excellent. Well, eventually they settled on a brand new 2022 Toyota GR Supra 3.0. Shockingly, they were able to purchase at sticker price from their local Toyota dealer with the decent trade-in on that Hyundai. Look at you. That sounds like a, a, that's a score, big time. Well done, guys. So they live close to beautiful mountains. They want to take long drives and road trips to explore them, especially Blue Ridge Parkway, Tale of the Dragon up in Mm -hmm. Tennessee, and perhaps do an intro high-performance driving event at Road Atlanta in the near future. To better learn how to extract the limits of the Supra, they live in an apartment and the Supra is parked on a surface lot. Okay. He doesn't drive much. He's working remote during the pandemic, he says, but will eventually be traveling for work, which may involve longer drives to Atlanta. They are both impressed with the styling and the power of the Supra, but also intimidated because it's the most expensive thing they've ever owned. Hmm. He immediately got it ceramic-coated from a local shop, put on a car cover from Covercraft Look on at it. You, bravo. Excellent. And he finds himself doing Paul parking. He parks very far away from everyone else whenever they go shopping. Yes. This is unusual for both of them because they've always driven the daily economy car. Don't mm-hmm. care. You just mm-hmm. find a parking spot, just slot it in there and, and do your thing. Uh, I'll fit in there. It'll be fine. It, it's going to be fine. Totally. So how do they change their headspace mm. to enjoy this amazing spaceship that they now have in their lives without living in constant fear of damaging it or putting a high number of miles on it. Jason admits this is purely a first-world problem, (laughs) but having not owned anything but Econo boxes, they could use some help from others who really understand it. Jason, wow, thanks for writing. Really appreciate it. I turned this into a topic Tuesday because it's less about what car you're looking to buy. You've already got the car. You got it, and you love it, which is great. Well done on that. I couldn't help thinking of Fight Club from 1999. Okay. You are not your bank account. Yeah. You are not your khakis. Mm -hmm. You know how the quote quote goes. Yeah,
0: your stuff ends up owning
1: you. All of these (laughs) things from that film, for sure, yeah. And I know you know that, Jason, because you mentioned it up here. You want to do the drives. You Mm -hmm. want to go to Tennessee. You want to go to Road Atlanta. You want to do stuff with it. But you haven't allowed yourself to do that with. So car enthusiasts put their money into cars. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I know that's what you're saying, but some people love hotels. Some people love cocktails or yeah, watches yeah. or home theater systems or art for your walls or new technology or clothes or sneakers, you know, the sneakerhead stores. Oh, yeah. Or cruise lines or boats or food or hopefully something I've named in there has resonated with <laughs> yeah. some of you about yeah, the things sure. that maybe interest you more than cars. I mean, mm. Maybe not because you're listening to this podcast. This is true. But people love all kinds of stuff and they pour their money into that and it's at the first point of doing that, at the outset, of discovering this new hobby, mm. it's almost intimidating to think, Well, I have the money now and this is what I really like and I've aspired to do this thing. I've learned to cook, or you know, we want to go out to really nice restaurants all the time or you know, whatever that is, or gosh, I can afford a boat. Mm. And I've got a boat and Mm -hmm. I should use my boat. It shouldn't just sit in the driveway. I should go actually use the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's almost like you're not accustomed to allowing yourself. It's not that you haven't given yourself permission because, Jason, certainly you are. That's what you're writing for. But it's stressing you out to be able to Mm -hmm. do that. And I understand because as you evolve through your career, you make more money. You're able to allocate more stuff to hobbies like cars. You think, is this... Did I do the right thing? Did I, Mm -hmm. I wanted it. Now I have it. Yikes. I I don't want the value to go down. I don't want something to go wrong with it. And it's going to take time. This is not an overnight kind of a a headspace change to do that. When I tell you to give yourself permission, it's not a wake up one day and self, I'm giving myself permission. (laughs) I'm going to do it and thusly let it be so. And okay, we're good. I'm not saying it's overnight. It's It'll gonna a take process. a long time. Yeah. You're gonna have to ease into it. But let me ask you, Jason, what photo in what location with the car will make you proud that you owned a GR Supra? Hmm. When you okay. look back years from now and you come across this photo hmm. in your archives, it's gonna pop up on your TV or your phone or yeah, yeah. Facebook memories or something like that. Sure. And it's gonna show you this photo from, the, oh yeah, that time. We took the trip to this random road and we had this weird, you know, we bought some roadside vegetables or strawberries or something. (laughs) We had this weird experience and there's the photo. Oh yeah. You think what was going on in your life at that point? And I'll bet you, you won't remember Mm. because all that mattered was that time with the car, that experience that Mm. you won't remember the stress from your job. You won't remember what report was due because I haven't, Mm. I look back on my cousin's wedding in 2007 And I was so stressed out about asking my boss for time off to go to Brazil Mm -hmm. to attend his wedding. And I, you know, I just got nervous. My stomach was in a ball and I finally asked him, I said, well, my family's going and it means a lot to me to be able to go to Brazil. I've Mm -hmm. never been, you know, it's this big family event. And he said to me, go, Mm. don't think twice, get out of here. Mm. And I have no idea what I was working on in 2007. It was very important. We were very stressed out. We were trying to get, I worked for an independent designer. We were trying to get some furniture designs done for an upcoming show. And Mm -hmm. you know, there's just constant stuff to do. I can't remember what that was, Mm. but I do remember going to his wedding and I came across the pictures the other day. Did you really? That's cool. It was in uh, Rio and it was held at a famous Argentinian painter's house that was above uh, Ipanema and he could look down on... Uh, two sides of the mountain. He had a pool in the front pool in the back. And it was, you know, a friend of their Mm families. And uh, we had this wedding and I just thought what a time in my life. I'd never been to Brazil. It was amazing. Mm. I don't know what I was working on. I don't know what was going on in my life, Mm. but here we are with this, these photos. Yeah. Look at my family, look at my sister and my brother-in-law, my dad. And you know, it was amazing. The photos with my cousin, I got to hang with my whole extended family in Brazil. Mm. So I liken that to cars, Jason. I, I want to extend that out further. And, and maybe the wedding in my case was the car in yours mm. and you're able to take it. Of course, you've got a list of stuff to do with your car, but maybe it's not track driving. Maybe it's that road trip that got you to the amazing road. And then you mm. can really allow, you to allow yourself to drive the car because it, it seems weird and antithetical. I spent all this time driving to a road and now I'm going to really rev the engine. And I'm really going to get after it. Mm. Yep you certainly (laughs) are this is this is why we did this road trip so it'll take time allowing yourself to get rid of this stress and now just live with the car you've protected the car as much as you can there isn't anything you can do short of putting it in a hyperbaric chamber and driving around with this you know the iron lung around your car to protect it from everything else Everybody else is out there driving cars. Mm-hmm. And it's weird when we went to spa for a few years in a row and I saw all these guys, they have really expensive, brand new 911 GT3s mm-hmm. and they're just thrashed. Yeah. 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 Tire rubber streaks down you're the right. side of them. You're right. Yeah. Rock chips all over the front. The windshields are broken and they're thrashing the boop boop yeah. off of them. Yeah, you're right. And I'm going, how do you, why would you, I guess that's what they're designed for. Uh huh. And here you are using it for what it's designed for and you're extracting the joy out of it and you're living your life and you're you that's why you bought it. Now, that's a totally different level because they're expensive and track mm-hmm. time and tires mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but here they are just driving the crap out of their cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're paying a lot of money for them and I bet you if you asked any of them they'd be like, "Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, yes, it's, it's damaged. Yep." man did i have a great day did i can i tell you about tuesday <laughs> let me pull the in-car footage yeah. and show you when i passed this guy and i did this and i cut my lap time mm-hmm. down and yes my car is thrashed now jason that is easier said than done because yeah, it is i'm pointing the fingers at me look i think what if what if i get a rock chip in the windshield well it turns out i've i have had the windshield already replaced in the game in gts mm-hmm It wasn't fun to replace that windshield really wasn't, (laughs) but it's replaced now yeah. and I'm over it Mm -hmm. and there's a few rock chips in the front and I get to look back on the trips that Todd and I have taken go.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And when I'm on track and extracting the most, yep, I hit rubber. It left a mark on the headlight and the rear quarter panel got streaked with track rubber. Dang it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's go clean it. Yeah. It, It got cleaned. Yeah. and I'm so happy. I did it. Mm hmm. That's
0: great. Jason, this is all really good stuff. I have some some tough love uh, ponderances for you here because there is a way through this, but there is one headline that is the only way through it, and that is drive the Supra all the time. Hmm. It's not going to go up in value. It's not. You, you bought well, it? No, but, no, but, no, but look, if, if, you, if you turned around and sold it right now with no miles, yeah, you'd probably get your money out of it. Maybe you'd get a deal of making a little bit more on it. But yeah. in general, it is still true that you buy a car and it will lose value over time. Yeah. If you want it to appreciate, you have to purposely buy it, not take plastic off of it, and not ever drive it and sell it in 20 or 25 years. That's not where you are. Mm-hmm. So your car is not going to be the Supra that makes you money. Okay, it's not so. So let that go. <laughs> right. Also, you're being good to your car, which I applaud. Be good to your car. Don't treat it with apathy. But there's the other side, and that is you have to connect your brain to what I'm about to say. Stuff is going to happen to your Supra. It's going to get scratched. You're going to get a stone chip in the windshield. You're going to you're going to come out one day and be like, "What? How did that happen?" I I, I promise you, it's going to happen, and it's, it's hard to, to be. hear. It's going to be heartbreaking when it does but i want you I, and this is something that paul and i have learned and continue to learn i also want you to allow it to free you because i'm not saying this to scare you i'm saying this to, because this is the reality of owning a car and driving it is that something will happen to it you're going to be careful you're already being careful you're covering up with a car cover you're worrying about where you you park it and the longer you do that the more you will delay it from just being beat on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but something will happen and when it does okay now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, awesome, I'm excited, yay, something <laughs> happened to my cool car. I'm not saying, this is good news. Hey, kids, would you come over here and kick my door in? Seriously, it's yes. not good news. It, it sucks. I'll give you a great example. My Z car, which we are driving like crazy, Yeah. okay? We're going to drive them all over the place on, on our uh, Cars of the Past series. When I bought it, it had zero door ding dimples in it. Nowhere on the car. Oh, no. I have two I'm now. I'm sorry on the driver's side arch of the rear wheel. I don't know where they came from. That sucks. When I first saw them, it was because I opened the garage door one day and the light was in the perfect place that I could just, there they were. I was like, oh my god! Like gosh. somebody opened their door into it Somebody clearly opened a door and, and pinged it. And <laughs> it's I a
1: 300ZX. How could you not notice that the 300ZX don't do and that? I, and I
0: checked because it parks next to the Cayenne in our garage. And where the door ding is, is too low for the, for the corner of the Cayenne. So it's not even our car. It, it happened somewhere I don't even know where is Sock. that a bummer yes it's a bummer because the car had zero of those when I bought it mm. but you know what I'm driving it we're going to drive it a lot it has the, the front's going to need to be painted before I get rid of the car just because it's already getting like little peppered stuff it had it when I bought it mm-hmm. and my point is that car is worth much more in theoretical terms than your Supra it is it's a classic it's going up in value you shouldn't drive that so yeah. my, my encouragement for you is know that that stuff's going to happen. Try to accept in your brain that it will, because the other thing that might happen is you might discover that first thing in the middle of a fun drive or a date or a fun event, and you're going to discover the thing that happened to your car. And it is very easy. We've all done this for that to destroy what was otherwise a really good moment. That's good. It's very I, true. I, nine it, it times out of your ten, you're going to find that first little thing that happened to the car at the least opportune moment when it's just going to put you in a spiral. Don't, because that, and I'm, not, I'm not saying this is easy, because something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It just will. This mm-hmm. is the reality of driving any car. If a car you don't like will still have stuff happen to it. The difference is, the car you don't care about, you also don't take any precautions. You're taking precautions, Jason, so that's fine. The main thing I'm going to encourage you to do that I think will help you is I want you to find good reasons to not take that car because i think it needs to be your default car you go you you need a car for anything you're mm. taking the supra if you're mm. not taking the supra what is the what is the really really good reason jason that you got in your wife's inherited mazda 3 what tell me a really good reason
1: <laughs> that's going to be hard like,
0: that's great oh we really can't take the supra because the sky is currently falling. I mean, you know, so if the Mazda gets hit by hail, I, I'll take the Mazda. We'll protect the Super. We'll take the Mazda. It's currently hailing. That's, that's a good reason. I, I, I agree with that's that. That's up there. That that's is protecting there. your car. But, yeah. but my point here is the more you drive this as a mundane thing, you're going to get more used to it. And I mean that in a good way. And you're going to discover that it's not as precious, but it's still really cool. Mm. And this is something that I have discovered. I've been talking with Paul about this recently. Something I've discovered with these really cool cars we own, the Lotus, the 300ZX, cars that we've had that have come into our life that we really like them. I felt this way about the Z4, which I know was cheap. I felt this way a little bit about the Phaeton. I'm starting to discover that we have so many cars that come in and out of press cars and they're, they're in and they're gone in a week. Mm-hmm. And we may drive them like we may take uh, the new whatever to the world's most perfect road, that, that 86 uh, MX-5 piece. Two great yeah. press cars. Yeah. We had them for a week. The only reason we had them in was to take them to one of the best roads in the area. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. For sure, for sure. And but don't restrict your car usage to that. Go back to the name of the show, Everyday Driver. Do all the normal stuff because what I've started to discover with the fun cars I own in my life, sometimes what makes them fun for me is the fact that I did the completely boring stuff in a car that's awesome. It's great. I just I drove it to the grocery store and I got that couple of things we needed. I could have taken my wife's client. I could have taken the current press car. I took the 300 ZX. Why? Because I own it. Because it's cool. I took the Lotus. Why? Because it's a little bit ridiculous, but every time I drive it 100 feet, I'm like, yeah, this car. (laughs) So, Jason, drive it, and and you need to come up with really good reasons to not drive it to do whatever you have to use a car for. I realize you're working from home now. That's great. That means you're going to drive it less, which means it's going to be protected longer. Still be protective. Don't be apathetic but drive it for everything. And I think you'll get over this hump to a car that you're just like, I love this thing, which you already do. But now it's just yours. It's a part of your life and life will happen to it and that's okay.
1: That's fantastic stuff. You're absolutely right. Jason, we get asked by non-car enthusiasts. So what do you guys do? What do do
0: you do? (laughs) It's really hard for the average person to grasp the concept, (laughs)
1: but yes. And then we tell them, and then we tell them the name of the show, Everyday Driver. Uh Uh-huh. And people nod and smile and they, they say, oh, I see it. Like Corollas and Kias and that kind of stuff, right? And I say, no. Mm. What if you drove a McLaren every day? Congratulations. That's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. Good on you. Mm-hmm. Good job. You figured out life, <laughs> at least for car enthusiasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. But that is your everyday driver. Mm-hmm. What if you drive the super expensive and you drive it five days a week? You drive it every day. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that term and the name of the show has been almost the, initially there was almost this connotation where it's just the boring stuff, yeah, the non-exciting we stuff. We had to get oh, past that. You're right. There's yeah. no smoking and crazy, you know, amazing yeah. Yeah, yeah. sideways, slidey Ferrari, Lamborghini kinds of mm-hmm. things in your show. No, what, what if you did? What, what if you drove yeah. that every day? Then that is your driver. That is what you do. Yeah, for sure. That sounds cool to me. So it's the perception that Todd and I want to change. Mm-hmm. And that sparks the conversation because people inevitably go, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> can, right. Can you, can you really? You okay there? <laughs> I'm so accustomed and beat down into thinking, well, I'm a minivan for the rest of my life. You're mm-hmm. sentenced mm-hmm. to three more minivans before you die. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I have it on the
0: calendar. Three years from now, we're getting a minivan again. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Doesn't have to be that way.
0: Cars are made to be driven, and we can't imagine a future without driving cars we really love. Luckily, the folks at Hagerty feel the same way. That's why they support this show. One of the many things Hagerty offers for people who love cars is insurance for their enthusiast vehicles, but that also includes
1: classic cars, trucks, motorcycles, collectibles, and even boats. They also protect raced vehicles off the track and can even insure vehicles on the track for HPDE events and track days. In fact, we use Hagerty Track Day Insurance every time we drive the Cayman and Elise on our local track, and it adds huge peace of mind. Learn more about Hagerty and quote insurance at
0: hagerty.com slash everydaydriver. Greg's writing to us from Buffalo, New York, and I don't know if you noticed. Greg writes in and says I'm in a bit of a pickle, but Greg has a different problem. <laughs> okay. Greg is a Ford guy. Greg is a Ford he guy. He is a hardcore Ford guy, and and what I'm most surprised by is that he is actually considering not buying a Ford. It's not the reason he wrote, but I'm just, I was reading this waiting for the Ford recommendation from him. Like, I'm th- I've got... Because his, his <laughs> that wife was a turn. has a 2021 Ford Bronco Sport Outer Banks that he lo- that they love. And he has a 2021 Ford Mustang GT 6-speed with a performance pack and every feature he could ever possibly want. They have both of those. His wife now drives a Mustang Mach-E. You noticing the trend here? Ford. Ford, 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 <laughs> Ford, 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 Ford. So uh, there's much to discuss here, but we start with a Ford base. Since he lives in Buffalo... The Mustang is
1: put away for the crappy months. I I see it, but I don't necessarily agree. (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. He says this is pretty much half the year. Mm -hmm. It's killing him to make those payments for at least six months. I totally get it. Not driving your Mustang GT. This bugs me about the Lotus anytime I don't have it out. Yes. Now he knows he doesn't need two vehicles, especially because his wife and he are expecting their first baby. Congratulations. Yeah finances will begin to be tight. He says they already are. <laughs> yeah, that's happening. Welcome. So he works some extra jobs to support his Mustang payment okay. payments. Not totally needed. Full-time job will suffice, but he likes to be comfortable. But then he looks at both the Bronco and the Mustang total payments and it doesn't sit well with him. Mm. So, his pickle is does he try everything he can to hold on to the Mustang because he loves driving it? Mm-hmm. It's an absolute blast. It's a car he's wanted for 15 years. Okay. And then eventually get rid of the Bronco into something bigger when he needs more space, thereby not solving the problem and still have three cars and yep. maybe three car payments. Yes. Or does he trade both cars in? Mm. But the new one would have to be an all season car with all wheel drive and some spirited driving attributes and have good space in both back seat and trunk. Okay. So he mentions Audi. Yes. Uh, Audi. Big screeching halt. Ford, 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 Mustang, Mustang, yes. Nike, all, all the Mustangs. The, all the reasons for all the Mustangs,
0: why all the Mustangs are awesome. You know what I'm thinking about? Bronco Audi. is a Mustang. <laughs> it almost is. Ford's just putting a Mustang name on everything anyway. The Bronco's got to be a I mean the the Bronco and the Mustang. Come on. We're just we're just naming things after horses now. We're gonna have the stallion. <laughs> Totally. Telling you. It's the entire Ford lineup. It's just all horses. You
1: remember the Far Side cartoons? I loved the Far Side. And there was this one cartoon with two lions, and they had killed a hyena. They're you know, mm-hmm. eating this freshly killed hyena. Yeah. And one of them looks up and says, you know, I feel like a salad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what happened. That is what happened. Talk Ford, about a Ford. Ford, hold. you mm-hmm. know, Audis, huh? He's got a budget, a very healthy Audi budget. He Seventy does. to $72,000 is the okay. ceiling. But he mentions Audis and says maybe that S5 Sportback, they seem to have good space, especially with the hatch, Quattro. Mm-hmm. It, it has a spirited enough engine. That's like Rolls-Royce back in the day. The engine is spirited. I don't know what yes, the horsepower it's, it's, is. The, the power is sufficient. Exactly. Yes. And so he's looked at a 2018 or 2019 Audi RS5. He says, depending on the mileage, this could fall within the budget. That would be cool, I have to admit. Yeah, yeah he'd probably get good value for both trade-ins. Yes, he yes. would.
0: They're brand new in this
1: market. You would get, might get more than you expect. Yeah. He'd have a good down payment, mm-hmm. and he'd be paying less per month, and he'd be saving on insurance going down from two cars to one. All Sounds like your true. wife's Mustang Mach-E isn't going anywhere.
0: Yeah, that, that, there will still be a, a Ford product with a Mustang badge on it in the garage. <laughs> so we're safe. We're a good, horse we're will good. be on a car yes. somewhere
1: but what other models could fit this bill? Spirited car, good space, all wheel drive, high Mm -hmm. quality features. He mentions the WRX. He says it was great. He had one snow. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. He had one, but it felt a bit cheap. He says, I can see that. Yeah. Wow. Greg, this is just allowing yourself to write this email Mm -hmm. had to have been tough. Yes. Just, and it's probably cathartic to reread and Mm -hmm. proofread your email and think, is that me? Audis? Really? Is that what I think? Okay. Where did Audi's come from? So we do have choices for you. I have many. The first one that I thought of was the M240i i drive
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't expect that.
1: Okay. BMW? Well, I mean, yeah. if we're talking German. Sure. Yeah. Engelstadt yeah. is just a little bit to the northwest of Munich. <laughs> yeah, I see it. How about a BMW? Well, it's not four doors. So you know the car that I'd buy at that price level? Okay. Is the Mercedes AMG CLA 45. Oh, okay. They're 70 grand. Yeah, delicious four doors. I would own that. I think I'd own that over an M2 competition, but I really liked the M2 CS. So probably not.
0: But nevertheless, it was awesome. You're talking about the yellow one we drove for test drive. Yes, it was killer. I have to say I talked about it as feeling like this is the STI buyer who now has money. Exactly. Yeah, it does. It feels like it, which kind of strikes
1: me as Greg. Mm -hmm. And maybe he doesn't have money, but he's willing to work for what he's got.
0: Yes, that's I did not expect that
1: choice, but keep going. All-wheel drive, spirited engine. Oh, yeah. All it's got room in the back seat. And, I mean, it's not really built for big adults, but you don't have big adults to put back there. <laughs> there are no big adults in this equation. You have a Just beginning in front your family. Yeah, for sure. So, CLA 45 AMG, it's awesome. It's so good. It mm. could be your only car. You could track it. Oh, it's so good. I love that
0: car. I am very surprised that you have found the person that car works for, but I do think you did a good job with recommending that to Greg. I see it. I do see it. It is that because it doesn't feel cheap. Mm -hmm. Got
1: power, style. (laughs) Okay. But I moved on, Greg. Okay. That that was a a curveball, but I like it. (laughs) And you can find our review on the Test Drive Videos channel. Yes. You mentioned all-wheel drive. You've got to have all-wheel drive. Now, I, I admit I have not been to Buffalo, New York. True. I have not been there in the winter. And I do know that if you do get the conditions, which I think you do, yes. all-wheel drive is a consideration. We mm-hmm. can't just flat out say, just buy winter tires. and I mean, maybe. Buffalo is known for <clears throat> winter. Yes. It, that you, mm-hmm. you definitely have winter. So maybe all-wheel drive needs to happen. Okay. So the Alpha Julia, the all-wheel drive, the Q4. Sure. Pretty awesome. By the way, still get winter tires. You do still not need winter tires, tires. I mean, do whatever not be your a person who says yes. As long as they have all-wheel drive, I'll be fine. Indeed, <laughs> Get tires with a snow rating. Indeed. Sorry. And if we're talking about selling the Fords, you can't ignore that Genesis G70, the 3.3 Sport with all that power mm-hmm. and all-wheel drive, and it feels like a luxury car. Again, the backseat space is not great, but you don't have big adults to put back there. True, true. You have a, a car seat. But if we're talking big sedan, fun, lots of power, good to drive, all-wheel drive, how about a super handling all-wheel drive, Acura TLX Type S?
0: Oh, okay, yeah. We're putting you're, a car seat in the you're back. Le- you're leaning into the fact that there don't have adults in the back. Okay, I see it, yeah.
1: These are the other three sedans you've got to look at mm-hmm. because you already have an SUV. You've already got okay. that covered. Yeah, yeah. But what if you went down from there? Oh, okay. Because I feel like this email was not about cars. It was about money. Hmm. Okay. And so I thought, okay, if you, if you really think that based on your driving conditions and based on what your needs are, you can get away with front wheel drive. Okay. About the civic SI the 2022 civic SI fun. It's just fun. It's really good. So is the 2022 mini Cooper. John Cooper works. It's just a riot. Yeah, it is. It is. But, Maybe that's still not right. And what is right is the Mazda 3 Turbo. Oh, look at you. Spirited engine. Mm-hmm. It's got a back seat to put the car seat back It's there. got a hatch, all wheel drive. It's good to look at. It's automatic only, but it's still, you can really get after it's it. It's powerful and very fun. Yeah. And it'll cost you half. That's very good of your seventy thousand dollar budget, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Paul Schmucker just spent I half of a budget. You spent half of true. a budget. I'm 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 actually Don't quite proud of you. Yeah.
1: I mean, if we're going to spend all of it, Mercedes AMG CLA 45. You have spent all of it. Well, do it. there. Yes. Let's splash. Please let's, get a color.
0: Yes. <laughs> get that it. banana it, yellow color. Yeah, it was
1: it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. But you want to spend half mm. because again, Greg, I think you're talking about money more than you're talking about cars. That's an interesting assessment. I do like that. The Mazda 3 Turbo. Very good.
0: Very good. I hmm. I, Greg, Paul's recommendations have got me thinking along new lines because I didn't go nearly as broad as he did. It's very, very good. I, I love that you are a Ford guy who's going to not buy another Ford. <laughs> I'm shocked by that. I, really. I, and I'm applauding brand. you.
1: I love that you're a yes, insert car enthusiast yes,
0: brand here. Absolutely. And you're going to go look I think else. that's great. I also like your gentleman's hot hatch thinking. That's kind of where you are with that that Audi. And yes, I think it's worthwhile. I think the the uh, S5 Sportback is interesting. I think the RS5, of course, would be even more fun. I think this is a good, luxurious, nice thing. But when I see you looking at stuff like that, I go, okay, you want something that feels like the gentleman's hatch. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily the small little hatches, even though, to back what Paul said, the Mazda 3 turbo hatch is excellent. But you're looking for that little bit of, of luxury that goes with the fact that you have actual space for huge plastic things and big rear-facing <laughs> child seats with missiles and who knows. Besides the child seats, what
1: are the huge plastic things?
0: You're going to have a stroller. Okay. And you're going to end up buying – here's what, you- what you're probably going to do. Here's probably the progression. You're probably going to buy the smallest stroller you think will work. And you'll have it for like two weeks and go, this is stupid. We need the big one for some <laughs> reason. Okay? You're going to have a big plastic stroller with like you know ATV wheels on it because apparently you're going to go running with it. I mean, this is what this is what happens. This is this is the parent disease. You're going to have big stuff. So I see you with that with that Audi sport back and that got me thinking along those lines. Yes, you could go that way. But I've got some options for you at your budget. Okay? You need to really take a look at a used Porsche Panamera. Delightful. Significantly more fun than the Audi. More fun to yes. drive than the Audi. Yes. Really good space decent hatch you could fit adults in the back seat you don't have adults but i guarantee that rear facing child seat will work you
1: could put a racing helmet on your newborn you could. And, hey, and they'll fit
0: if you live in germany that is legal you can go to the nürburgring i have seen kids in car
1: seats with helmets on <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: at turistenfahrtn which is their their public days i have seen it and it i i nearly fell over laughing your
1: jaw will hit the ground
0: here goes dad it was dad in a silver audi wagon and in the back seat was the car seat with a helmet I was like that kid is learning early. Do you remember if the kid was using an iPhone or were they actually paying attention? No, oh, the kid was paying attention. Okay, good. But it was right. kid kid in helmet in back seat <laughs> booster seat on on the Nürburgring. I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Like, anyway, sorry, that's not where we're going, but my point doing here is doing life right. The the Panamera is is I think better than the Audi. Now, the expenditures on that, the, the maintenance on that might be a little more expensive than the Audi. I'm not sure that it would be to be honest, but I bet you it would also be more reliable than the Audi. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So I'm going to say Panamera for that reason. But then coming down cheaper than that, I'm going to spend half your budget, maybe two-thirds of your budget, for a new car that I think actually checks all these boxes we're talking about, and that is the Kia Stinger. Yeah. Yeah. All-wheel drive, nearly 400 horsepower and pound-feet of torque. It's like 360 of both. Good all-wheel drive system. It is the sister car to the Genesis G70 that we love, but the difference is all-wheel drive is standard. Well, all-wheel drive is is offered, sorry. All-wheel drive is offered, and it's great with all-wheel drive. It mm-hmm. actually drives really well. And it has a longer wheelbase and real genuine backseat space, and it has that hatch shape. Yeah, Yeah. The Kia Stinger, I think, might be the definitive answer here. I've got others, but I think it might be the definitive answer because the other thing is, to Paul's point of is this a money conversation, you'll have money left over. And then I think you can actually yeah. use it as a young parent and figure out what you like, what you don't like. And then maybe, I'm projecting now, but maybe a couple years down the line, give a look at our cheap sports car comparison piece. See what those $8,000 cars are now costing. They'll still be cheap. You could maybe get one of those that you don't have to feel precious about. Maybe it comes out in the winter much more than your brand-new Mustang because your brand-new Mustang feels a little precious for some of the winter weather. Maybe you buy a cheap sports car and you're just like, it's snowing and I don't care. Yeah. In a couple of years. Right. Right. So stinger for now, cheap sports car later. Then I have um, two wild cards. Okay. They're wild cards because I don't like them as much as what I've suggested already, but I think they're also in this discussion. Is Phaeton one of them? It is not because it's not a hatch. It would have been a very fun hatch. (laughs) That that (laughs) would be crazy. Great hatch. The the Phaeton (laughs) Sportback. You need space. You know Volkswagen have. would have built it. So the wild card question, Greg, is do you want to be that guy in the oddball car that you'd never see again? Yours is the only one you've seen around. And then you go Jaguar XF Wagon Sportback.
1: That's really cool. You never
0: see them. You just don't. And they're really cool. And I found one. I found a few, actually, for less than 50 like a lot of them are around there for less than 50. I found, a, I found cool. the S, which is really cool. It was like a gray exterior and like a wood grain interior. It was really cool. It was like 45 grand. They're out there. Now that is an oddball car. That is not obvious. I get it. It's a Jaguar. Do you like it? I don't know. That's why it's in the wildcard ter- ter- territory. The other one I thought of, totally different, matches all of these shapes I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. But are you going to like it because it's so different? But maybe... Tesla Model S. It has that hatch you're looking for. The fun of it comes from the fact that it is totally different and it's very powerful and it's quite quick. You get a used Model S for your money.
1: I mean, his wife's got the Mach-E, Mustang Mach-E, and they're already used to electric.
0: You're you're doing electric already. Do you want to be in that camp as well? I don't know because I don't (laughs) think with what you're selling that you, you want to be in there, but I feel like if I don't at least bring it up, I've missed it. My favorite for you remains the Stinger and a cheap sports car down the line, but there's my
1: full list, Greg, and I hope something there resonates. Greg, there's the thinnest of through lines back to Ford through the Jaguar because Ford used to own Jaguar, <laughs> and so you could still, like, keep it in the family. We had two Fords, kind of, yeah. Kind of, and you can explain to people that, yeah, this used to be part of the thing, and now it's not, and I got it because it's cool, and you'll never see another one. What car is that? Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. Start with the new ceramic wash and coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, which I like, or a foaming sprayer, which I also like, or a cannon, which I also like. We actually take Griot's Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the
0: ultimate for quick detailing, and it now has ceramic protection as well. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have
1: ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products or use them as your new wash routine. They are 100% guaranteed, and all their liquid products are made in the USA. Don't forget to use the code EDRIVER when you order at griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at Griosgarage.com.
0: Great questions from all of you. I want to start with a tire question that came from Jamie on Facebook saying that, okay, if, if you have bad weather to contend with, could we do yet another comparison on tires where we talk about all weathers versus all seasons versus snows? We've covered a lot of this. We've covered it here on the podcast. I'm going to see if I can headline this for you, Jamie. You're essentially asking, are all weather tires a good enough choice if you want an option than just dedicated snow tires, I'm going to say this to you. If you're if you're in a place where you will get snow, kind of, it's going to mainly be cold. You'd like to have one tire if possible. You don't really want to swap your tires. It's mainly going to be cold. We may get a little bit of snow this year, but it's not like the roads are covered or snowed in like happens to us here. I say you go all weathers. That, that is the answer. It really is. We're yeah. having, we have these Nokia and all weathers on our, our cars of the past right now. We've been quite impressed with them. They are versatile now. There is a reality with all-weather tires where you didn't get a 10 at anything. They're not the greatest summer performance tires. They're not the greatest winter tires ever made. Oh, okay? sure. They're not a 10, but they're operating at like a 7 or a 8 in any weather condition. Which is
1: more than you can ask.
0: Absolutely. Really. that That's that's more than tires have been able to do except for the last couple of years. So I think if you're a person that you get some snow, please don't be dealing with snow in a a tire that isn't snow rated. But if you deal with some snow and not crazy snow and you want
1: a tire all-weathers is the answer for sure. Ronald H on Twitter says unlike every third YouTuber, we do not test drive exotics. <laughs> every it's only three every third YouTuber. <laughs> I thought it was like every 2.75 I was YouTubers, say. yeah.
0: It's that far away? It's all of them. There's like, it's, it's like a quarter of them that don't. We may be the only ones. Sorry. It's I'm right. sorry. I'm off on a rant.
1: No, it's good. He's not sure if he counts the AMG GT as an exotic. But he says, is it due to our location to get the cars or our decision not to drive these cars? Mm. Wow, Ronald. What a I can open worms everywhere. Yes, for sure. You have opened Pandora's box. You have asked mm-hmm. the question. Because we talk about this constantly. Do we want to drive the exotics? Yes. Absolutely, Yes. All the time. Yep. I want to get on all of them. I want to drive them all. I want to do all the things that everybody does with all the exotics. Yeah. And how would that move the needle? Mm. How would that change what most people can aspire to? Because at that point, Todd, you've called it just voyeurism, Mm -hmm. pure Mm -hmm. voyeurism. Look what I have. Look what you don't. I get to do the thing. I got to go to the place and drive the thing. Absolutely. And you don't. Mm -hmm. And... La di da. Me. Yep. Whereas we've never been about that. People from the very beginning came to us and said, Hey, would you would you help me? Yeah. Who am I? Not everybody has that kind of exotic money. As a matter of fact, most people don't. That's true. We like to read about them. I Mm -hmm. love to read about them. I know all the specs just like everybody else. I want to get in them. It's a special treat. But how does that relate Mm
0: -hmm.
1: to Mm -hmm. normal people? How does that relate to your car buyer, Mm -hmm. to people that Aspire, and they might not have even seen a McLaren Senna in person. Yeah, yeah. And here we're going, oh, yeah, the Senna, yep, yeah, seen it, yep, yeah, whatever, yay. Mm-hmm. Because Todd and I, at the very beginning of the show, looked each other in the eye and we told ourselves we never wanted to become jaded, mm. never want to become jaded journalists where. Where, where's that kid in you? Where's the yeah oh, yeah yeah? I get to do this. <laughs> yes, okay. That's true. There's a responsibility that comes with that. Great power comes with great responsibility, right? Yes, we're all Spider-Man. Good job. <laughs> so, how do we relate our experience to you watching? Mm-hmm. Come, come with us. You're here. We're doing this together. It's not me, 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 me. Mm-hmm. And it's the rest of you out there. No, I want to share this with as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. But now, how about that driving experience that you would experience in the exotic? Okay, just because it's an exotic doesn't mean it's the greatest thing ever.
0: Yeah, that is the flip side. really doesn't. It, it suggests that, okay, this must be the greatest thing ever to drive because it's the most expensive thing ever. And there really isn't an equal sign there.
1: It makes GR Supras look aspirational, attainable, and useful when you compare it to some hot Lamborghini Aventador. Sure, yeah. Disintegrates on track because they're fragile. There is that. That that happens. We've seen that. Fireballs. Yes. And then you think, well, shoot, only sixty thousand for a GR Supra that you can hammer on? Yeah. And it gives me, I don't know, eighty two percent of the feeling.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm really glad you have that measurement tool. That's very I do. That was the best money ever spent.
1: It's an app on my phone. Mm -hmm. It's really good. We want to drive it all. We want to do it all, but we also have to ground it and not just drive an exotic just because look at what we get to do. It Mm -hmm. needs to be positioned somewhere. Well, here's this car Mm -hmm. in what relation to it are we coming to as enthusiasts? Where does it figure? Where does it stand? Why does it matter? Why should you care? Because just to drift Ferraris and Lamborghinis through the camera lens. Sweet. I mean, it sounds fun, but I can't afford Mm -hmm. those cars. You watching can't afford those cars. So what Mm -hmm. are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Are we just drag racing them and just beating on them? Well, now you're being destructive. Well, they don't like
0: that. It is the voyeurism aspect that is key, and and there are a lot of channels that cover the exotic stuff. And candidly, they have a much younger audience than we do because it is the audience that is 13 to 18. Our 13 to 18 audience is minimal and those of you that are in that age range thank you for joining us. Yes, But yes. at the same time, the, the people that are all about exotics, their audience is almost all over 25. There's some up across, but it's almost I would exactly watch it if I were 13-18. It's almost flopped from the audience we have, yeah. which is generally 25 and up. Yeah. Because there's this assumption when you're a kid that you'll well, I mean, if they have it at the age of 30, I'll have it at the age of 30 and I'm going to watch and it'll be the thing and and and, and also you're you're addled with stats. You haven't mm-hmm. driven anything yet and all you care about is the biggest, greatest, most awesome. I'm dealing with this with my son. He's like, oh, well, is that faster than that? I, I don't care because I'm mm-hmm. on the other side of it now of having driven a lot of stuff that I'm comparing what is actually there, – there's the value question. What is the most expensive isn't necessarily the best. What is the thing I'm getting the most driving value out of? And it may be very cheap. Plus – we want more than anything, every one of you listening, to be enjoying what you drive. About a year before we started this show, I was at an auto show, and I saw this exact concept. I saw somebody who was at the velvet rope of the Ferrari, <laughs> and I saw them later lumbering their way toward a minivan. Just bummed. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. wait, there's a huge chasm there. You you lusted after the Ferrari. You hate what you're driving. Where is the thing that you can afford that you would like? That was this is genesis of why we do this show. Yeah. So while I, I'm with Paul, I want to drive all of them. We don't yes. necessarily. I mean, yes. Why not? Yes. If you have a car, I'd like to drive. You want you want me to drive something terrible? I'd like to drive that too. <laughs> it's it's terrible and it's old and it's falling apart and it's very cheap But sure I'll drive that. Sure. Why not? The expensive stuff, the cheap stuff doesn't matter. But we want you guys to feel like you can get life experience out of it, not just watch us go do something. That's key. Exactly. Galen on Twitter says this. What is the most overhyped EV on the market? And alternatively, what is the most overhyped EV feature? This is a good question. Do you have something? I have an answer for both. Okay, excellent. Go. I'm twisting the first question, but I'm going to stay with it. Okay. Okay. The most overhyped EV on the market is the Cybertruck. Now, I know it's not technically on the market yet, but the reason I'm listing that one is because have you seen what I've seen? There are multiple companies out there talking about, please pre-order our accessories for the Cybertruck. I'm trying to That's think a of point. another vehicle That's a great point. ever that had accessories before anyone had actually driven one
1: let alone build one.
0: Yes. It's not like we bought one and we brought it into the studio and we did all the specs and we've actually done all the engineering because we have one in the studio. No, but I've seen pontoons. I've seen campers. I've seen pop-up things. I've seen trailers to pull behind it. I have seen tons of accessories for the Cybertruck <laughs> and it doesn't exist. Whether it exists or not is a separate conversation, but I'm saying this is a car way beyond hype. And then what is the most overhyped EV feature on the market? Is this car goes fast and yeah because every electric vehicle on the planet i'm not even saying cars if it's electric powered it goes fast because it has instant torque the minute the motor starts spinning they all go fast roller coasters electric roller coasters fast okay go-kart i mean golf carts are quite fast to five it's just that's the limit of their engine zero to five is instantaneous so (laughs) for sure for sure but, but EVs, Tesla has led the charge, but everybody's talking about it. EVs are sold on. You know what this is? This is fast. But I hate to say this to you, fast doesn't necessarily mean fun or good to drive. It can be a factor. Just because it's fast, it makes it awesome. Uh, you know what? Airliners are very fast. Fast. yeah every one of you listening has gone faster in an airliner than any other time in your life would any of you say that the most fun thing you did going fast
1: was sitting an airliner nope (laughs) that's a great point man did you see daniel b's question about electric cars do they automatically become boring because they're nearly silent Mm. is it better to drive a louder slower car or a quicker silent car it feels like some of the decent dynamics could be baked into an electric car. Mm. They could be enthusiast vehicles, even if there's little to no sound. And that most drivers equate a nice engine note to speed. Mm. Well, as you pointed out, that's what EVs are predicated on. They're, that's what they're selling they're fantastically them. fantastically fast. They advertise first and foremost, their zero to 60 time. Mm-hmm. And zero to 60 is kind of the average of most highways and freeways. So, therefore, we all have a metric around which we can wrap our brains. Okay, I think I know about what 60 feels like. And, oh, it's only 1.9 seconds to get there? Whoa. I, when would I ever use that? Well, and, and is that does that equate to necessarily being fun? I don't think it does. I agree. And here he's equating fun or some sort of characteristic to engine note. You're absolutely right because engine note is... Is so very much about the experience. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a part of it for sure. Mustangs, Corvettes, all the muscle cars, the Japanese cars. You're putting on this sound because it's a, a character of the car. When people blip the throttle, you're not blipping an EV throttle. <laughs> <You're> not, <laughs> it's because you went through a hedge. <laughs> you're not going to push in the clutch. Launch yourself. Pull the paddles into neutral and blip the throttle on your electric car. Whee! Yay, you
0: that's revving the ev is something i hadn't thought about you're right that does die that's very funny
1: so there is an element to the characteristic of a car that's lost yes Mm -hmm. because they're silent so what is the characteristic that is going to fill that void what is the thing that will make them have the character daniel i think you're absolutely right and we come back to what we're seeing about platforms and skateboards and we beat on this to death yeah but manufacturers piling up batteries and stacking batteries like Porsche did with their Cayman concept yeah. to make it actually have a particular center of gravity or a particular mm-hmm. point of weight in the car. Not just it's perfectly neutral, everything in neutral yeah. in all yeah. directions. Well, no, you got to learn to drive it front engine, mm-hmm. rear engine. What's mm-hmm. that like? The characteristics can be continued for the fun sports cars, but furthermore, I think they're going to have to, to make lightweight, electric sports that's key i thank you for touching on weight i think
0: weight is the biggest thing that holds electric cars back now from a sheer fun factor Mm -hmm. and while i i typically i think you are more concerned about the sound of something than i am at the same time sound is definitely a factor but when you Mm -hmm. lose it i will say this when you lose it it doesn't negate fun here's my counterpoint have any of you listening ever driven an electric go-kart An indoor electric go-kart. Oh, sure, sure. All they do, you you walk in, it sounds like a bunch of hair dryers driving around, but you don't care. Right. It's irrelevant because you're going to have an amazingly fun time. True. It's going to be fast. It's going to be fun. Why? Because it's small and involving. True. Now the sound is irrelevant to the process. You, you probably, until I brought it up, hadn't even thought about what does an electric go kart sound like. If you've driven one, and now that I'm mentioning it, you're like, "Oh yeah, that's right. It sucks. <laughs> that just kind of worsens, doesn't it?" I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. But if you've ever been in, in an old school gas go kart in an enclosed space, and now you're driving electric, and you're like, "This is better." <laughs> yes. But it's crazy fun. Yeah. So the, the difficulty is going to be finding an electric car that has a low enough weight and an involving enough dynamics to be fun that the sound is now irrelevant. And I do think that's
1: possible. We just haven't done it yet. On Instagram, David Chrisman1 says, What would be your go-to car cleaning routine if you're an apartment dweller with no access to a hose? Well, David, I may or may not know that Chance may or may not have bought an accessory (laughs) from Home Depot that attaches to his bathroom faucet to run a hose out the window and out to his driveway where he (laughs) may or may not be able to wash his car in the driveway or near his bathroom window.
0: That's a long hose, depending upon what your apartment's like.
1: May or may not have happened. David Grios has some great waterless car cleaning equipment spray that on if it's not too dirty otherwise i w- would recommend touchless car washes mm-hmm. because then it doesn't quite get all the dirt off but then you can use the griot's waterless after mm-hmm. that yeah you could and you can come back you can wipe your car down and then you can get after it a little bit with uh, with the Griot's supplies so you could even use speed shine
0: after you run it through one of those exactly right it off and that kind of stuff sure i had to go back a ways to answer this question Wade is answering on, asking on Facebook. He said, we often talk about beautiful cars on the podcast and on video. What's the ugliest car we've ever seen? <laughs> and I was thinking about it for a minute because there are some. I mean, we look, look, we make fun of the current BMWs with the beaver teeth and that kind of stuff. But there is one that existed that was so eye-searing, I still can't believe that someone spent like actual has-value money to create it. I don't think it ever went past one. <laughs> it was at the LA Auto Show one year. Okay. The Ubian Puma.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh, It was man. built
0: around an old Volvo V, what was it, the V70 convertible, I think. Thanks
1: for ripping that Band-Aid off. Yeah.
0: It, uh, okay. It's it's Y-O-U-A-B-I-A-N, the Ubian Puma. I can't telling believe you, you pulled this out of the Google depths. It. I it took me a little bit of googling How to even refind it. Did you do but this? But I did and it it was there in it was there honestly in a fantastic shade of blue. It is horrifying. And it, what's horrifying to me more than anything is the fact that it actually is sitting there. It exists. Somebody <laughs> spent good money and that was the result. I'm staying right there. On Instagram I'm the car kid I like that. What's the best newish manual transmission for beginners? Friend is considering getting a manual for their first real car, but she's not confident about it yet. Uh, She's actually looking at the Corolla hatchback. That's an excellent one. That would be a very, very good first manual transmission. The Civic is decent. The the Golf, the GTI is actually superb. What you're going to find is you're going to find a a manual transmission that has a really light pedal and, and simple to shift feel. We, we drove the new uh, Mark 8 GTI. It's actually on the Test Drive channel. We mm-hmm. talked about how easy that is to learn manual on it. It was dead simple in that car. I do think the Corolla hatchback is a great one. The Civic is a little harder, but it, but it has such really nice shifter feel that I think that would work as well. Those are the first three that spring to mind. You're on the right track for sure. Petrolhead2003 posted this question, and we didn't cover it on the live podcast, so I want to mention it right now. Why do certain cars get hated on by enthusiasts? And his example is, why does the Cayman get hated on by enthusiasts for not being a real Porsche, even though the Cayman is a superior driver's car to the 911? It is a superior platform, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. Porsche makes sure that the 911 is still the big dog. I'll add one to this discussion, Petrolhead, and that is the Miata. Fantastic to drive. People that have not driven them typically belittle them.
1: For sure, people yeah. that drive
0: big, powerful V8 cars and have not driven a Miata look down their nose at Miatas because they simply don't understand. They haven't ever driven it. Yeah. There's th- this is a this is a side plague, if you will, of the concept that bigger is always better that this is the deal. If the Cayman is lower in the lineup and the 911 is higher in the lineup, then the Cayman must be the real Porsche. (laughs) Right. If if my Camaro has a V8 and 400 horsepower and your Miata is two-thirds the size and has 200, my Camaro must be better. There's no definitives here. Mm -hmm. The thing is, we're all car people. As you drive different things, you find different things that are wonderful about it. It brings me back to that guy that walked up to me when I I had owned owned my Elise for a day, and I was filling it up. I think it was Cedar City, Utah. I was filling it up with gas, and the guy walked up to it and looked at it, was very impressed, and his first question was, does that have a V10? (laughs) Because he looked at a hot sports car with a rear engine, and he just assumed it must have a massive engine. I have had that conversation with more people in, in the four years of owning that car than I can count, where I had to explain to them doesn't have much horsepower because it's people's first question. Well, how much horsepower does that have? Yeah. I'm like well, It has 200. Yeah. And they kind of look at me like, what? And then I go, yeah, but it weighs 2,000 pounds. It weighs, 2, pounds. It weighs it enjoyable? less than a Miata. And, <laughs> and so it, it's the bigger, better thing. You know what? If 500 horsepower is good, 1,000 must be twice as good. I'll let you know something. It's not.
1: Thank you for all your questions. We really appreciate it. I hope you caught our live stream. So that's every mm-hmm. 25 episodes. Yep. And we hope you get to see that eighty six versus MX five Miata piece on YouTube. Yes, yeah, please do. It's uh we feel like there's some interesting conclusions in there, but uh, hopefully you And a you really enjoy cool that. road. Also, just Indeed. to leave you with it, you be Puma. I just, you know, oh. yeah,
0: go go scar your eyeballs with that one.
1: <laughs> Looking forward to next time. As always, cheers everyone.